you're thankful tonight that one's got your hand. It's the one that the scripture says that no man can pluck you out. In fact, it says that you pluck your hand out of the father's hand or the son's hand. I'm glad to be in a safe place tonight, a secure place. Glad to be in a place where there is a righteous tower that the righteous can run into and be safe. Amen. We're living in a world where we're having, you know, security and we lock our doors, put up cameras, even to the point to have them on our phones so we can be notarized as soon as somebody because just one thing after another we've got a law in schools and one thing what a world we live in tonight for, so for you and I to be able to have the comfort to know that the one that abodes and abides in us man holds all of our days the Bible said he is the author and finisher I believe he's going to finish the work that he started in every one of us tonight. Got your Bibles? I'm going to keep you standing. I know it's Wednesday night, 2 Timothy 4 and 1. 2 Timothy 4 and 1. One verse tonight. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. I charge thee therefore. For God. Amen. Thankful tonight that the God that we serve here, as we look into the scripture tonight, amen, and what it's going to instruct us and tell us and the power of it, amen, by the help of God here tonight. Lord, we love you and appreciate you. We're so thankful for this opportunity to be back in the house of the Lord, to be back into your presence, to join with your great people. Each one that's able to be here tonight as you reach down to bless and strengthen them, special touch to our guests and all that's in the house of the Lord tonight. God, those that are not able to be here, you'd reach out and touch them with the power of your word, the power of your presence. You're the only God that can do this. You can dispatch your angelic host, God, to minister and perform great marvelous things throughout the land and across and around the world. But God, right here tonight, you walk up and down these aisles and touch and minister and let thy will be done. And we thank you already for the lives that you touched, the hearts that you ministered to, and the great things you've done for us as we give you the glory and the praise and the honor for all of it. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you and you may be seated. It's good to have Sister Carol with us tonight. Appreciate her so much. Amen. Let's give her a good hand. Others. Lord Junior, good to see you in the house of God tonight. Good to see you. Others. Come to be in the house of the Lord. And to feel after him and his favor and touch into our hearts and into our minds and into our spirits. Tell you, there's nobody like Jesus, amen, to work for us and among us and to help us along this journey. Now, I'm not going to stop with just that one verse. We're going to go to the second verse, but if you don't mind, we'll take a few minutes before we get there. I want to focus on the first verse to start with and the charge itself and the preaching of the gospel. 
preaching of the truth. And I'm going to focus on that. Brother Ford said a few things enlightening unto this about the word of God. And a man already just prior to he's talking about the, the prophecy and continuing on in that area. A man and, and, you know, the apostle Peter and what he had to so he saw and then what's left to us. And, you know, the greater, the greater witnessing a man than the Holy Ghost itself. But then the written word of God. And then the power of preaching. Man, I have a feeling that uh, preaching, uh, it hasn't lost its effect, but we're living in a world today with so much things that's pulling at us with, with entertainment and things of this nature. Then you got all you know, different styles and tape types and forms and with technology, the access of even to preaching itself. I, I would believe tonight that most of you have heard somebody preach some type of form of message today. A good many of you probably have, maybe a portion of it, maybe the whole thing, maybe a half a dozen. Just depends on how much time you got and where you're at and whether or not if you can put those earbuds in. I see somebody found theirs, a man that was laying up here on the pulpit. I don't know who's it were, and you don't have to tell me, don't matter. Praise God. But uh, these is means and ways that where we can listen to things and actually we can sit at a place of business and get on our phones and, you know, and put those in and not, nobody else has to listen to what we're listening to and just one thing after another. So we got means and ways and some of it's for good and some of it's for bad and so let's lose it for the good. Amen. To hear the word of God, to hear the good songs of Zion and things of this nature. But here we're going to notice as it follows up on the heels of the verses that we used last week and we used as focus verses in the last several months of preaching about doctrine itself. And I am persuaded tonight that the Lord has led us in this direction. Amen. About talking about doctrine itself and the importance of it and how much you and I ought to be in love with it and in love with preaching, in love with the Word of God, in love with His commandments and statutes and principles and, and the ways of God. Amen. This is something we ought to pray into our children's heart. Amen. Into the minds and spirits and every opportunity we get. We need to take that opportunity, amen, to rehearse it into their lives and rehearse it into their minds and spirits. Encourage them to play church. Encourage them to pray. Encourage them to read their Bibles. Amen. Encourage them in all these areas, amen, to, to have some time and spend some time, amen, with serving God and wanting to live for God. I'd love to see all these young children and young boys filled with the Holy Ghost and the power of God, having a love for the things of God, having more of a love for the house of God and the word of God and serving God more than anything else this world's got to offer them. And I know there's a lot out there pulling at them and I know even we as Pentecostals are, are reaching out, pulling some of those events in to help us along the way, help entertain them, help maybe to draw them and help keep them. I'm not against it, I'm just telling you we're doing it. If you don't believe that, I remember when we used to go to youth rallies, we went to youth rallies and we went to church and we ate hot dogs after and we came home. Tonight, amen, if you go to youth rallies, you stay up the rest of the night, most of the night, playing golf and going other places and doing other things. I'm not against it. I'm just telling you where we're at. We're trying to use gadgets and tools and means. And I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, that can take the power and the authority to preach the, the preach word of God. We're going to get out of this world. It's called you had a preacher. You're going to get out of this world because you believed a preacher. If you're going to get out of this world, here he say, well, because you got a preacher in your life. Amen. And not just one preacher, but you had a five-fold ministry. You didn't just pick favorites either, honey. You just went on to listen to whoever, what man of God he was or what voice it God was. He went to speak to you and speak into your life. 
So how true that is tonight as we watch with Timothy as a young man. You know what? It still amazes me that South Seas and some of you are that nothing never moves you. Preach the word of God, the power of the word, the spoken word of God, the spirit of God. You sit there, amen, like a statue. I will tell you something. You better get a checkup. I ain't trying to be ugly to you. I'm trying to get us on the other side, honey. I'm trying to get us out of this world. This thing is going to be over with before you know it. This thing's going to get by. And I'm telling you, the only thing that's going to save us is the good preach word of God. Must be anointed. We must be called. And we'll talk about some of that in just a few minutes. But you're going to notice here at the beginning of this verse that I use tonight that Paul, Paul makes a mention that he charged. I charge thee. Talking about to Timothy. And you can understand and realize this charge, amen, that's fixing to take place and what's going to unfold there as you look at it. And God helps me here tonight, and I pray he does. Man, I pray he helps me here tonight. Man, I hate to try to preach whenever he's not in the middle of it. I just assume to close this book up and let's go to the house and we'd be better off. But if I can get the anointing of God and the touch of God, and I can even ask God this week, God, if I'm doing something that hinders that, you show me. I'll stop doing it. I don't care what it is. And nobody, I don't care if nobody else is doing it or not. That don't make me in a difference. Amen. I want to please God. I'm not out, amen, to follow this and to follow that and to try to get by with as much as I can get by with. No, I want to get in this thing with everything I've got because this is the only thing that's going to get me and my family out of here. This is the only thing that's going to drive the devil out. This is the only thing that's going to keep sin, amen, from deceiving us. It's by the preached word of God that you, amen. I want to get ahead of myself, so I'll, I'll just, let me back up a little. So, as we look at this particular verse here and we talk about the charge. You know, charge itself and taking charge. Throughout the Bible, you see places uh, where it's mentioned. You can go to Job, and I didn't give you these scriptures, so it would be all right. Don't even. Uh, Job 34 and 13 talks about, amen, the charge of the earth. There you can go from that and go to 2 Kings and 7 and 17. It talks about the charge of a gate. And then you can go to places like 1 Chronicles 9 and 28. And it talks about being a charge over the city. Amen. And so, you know, there's just different places that you held responsible or you're putting in charge of it. You're in charge of this. I'm holding this before you. And, and you're going to be the one held accountable. Sometimes we hand that to our children, maybe to the oldest in the family. And we're going somewhere, we're going to do something. Something, I've got you in charge. You're in charge. You're going to be responsible. Amen. And that don't give them all the right. Amen. And just beat up everybody and you get back home. They got them all hanging on nails and things of that nature. But yet they got the charge and the responsibility. And I'll tell you something. It's a five-fold ministry. It's got the charge, amen, of this New Testament church and the awesome responsibility to preach the gospel and preach the good tidings and preach the truth. Amen. And preachers get in the pulpit and they just got candy sticks and they just got favoritism and things of that nature. In fact, you're going to see that brought up in this tonight. Amen. With Timothy and Paul instructing him. Amen. That whenever he starts setting people up, he didn't have to you couldn't show favoritism. He couldn't show because he liked this or liked that one. No, when the Holy Ghost is in it and the man God God's in it. Amen. The man of God don't have an option. It don't matter whose little darling it is. It don't matter who they come from. It don't matter what, what generation of Pentecost. If they hadn't even been in Pentecost never. Amen. God's in the charge of it. He knows how to set up a church. He knows how to set up a body of believers. He knows how to give us revival. He's 
been whipping the devil a long time. He's been saving souls and humanity a long time. He's been saving humanity before you and I has ever thought of. I'm telling you the word of God, the power of his word, the power of his voice. He's been straightening a lot of things out for a long time. He moved upon the face of this earth when it was void. Amen. But you know what? Amen. He had to start speaking. But when he started speaking, things started happening. I'm going to tell you something. Something's wrong with us. When we can sit in the house of God on a regular basis. And the word of God never changes us. And the word of God never changes our attitude. And the word of God never changes our attitude or spirit. I'm telling you, amen. It's just it's not doing any good. There's something about the power, the authority of the word of God. I, I can honestly believe I can say tonight it don't have the power and the effect that it used to have. Neither do we see the results. And some of this way before my time. I, I hear him talk about the brush harbors. I've heard him talk about, and I'm, I'm talking about some of our seasoned ministers. You take men like Bishop Odom, some of those will tell you likewise. The different means and Methods, amen, that's tried to be used to, amen, to maybe make up or, amen, because, some reasons because of this charge. To see souls born, to see lives prepared and ready to meet God, amen, and to, and then, as Paul instructed in one place, talking about it, you know, chaste virgin, amen, it's, hadn't committed a spiritual fornication or a spiritual adultery and let, let sin slip in. Amen. You know, uh, so I, I'm going to try not to jump on a bunch of rabbits. I'm going to try to just go through this. I, I got about five pages. It don't sound as bad as it might sound there. So, but I will watch the time. But, but so I'm going to try to slip through some of this with the help of God here tonight. Amen. Because our charge, he watches before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ. Now when you go to 1 Timothy 5 and 21. I charge thee before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ. And the elect angels. Amen. That is included in this. That thou observe these things without preferring one before another. And I just mentioned that. Amen. Doing nothing by partiality. I can't show partiality. Amen. If we're going to be the pastor that God wants us to be in this church. Amen. we got to be led by the Spirit. This is God's church. It's not my church. Hallelujah. It's God's church. It's going to be God's church when I'm dead and gone. It's going to be God's church when the next one's dead and gone. I tell you, God is the only one that's going to always be here. His Word. Woo! I'm telling you, his word, hallelujah, will never change. Irregardless of what preacher stands behind this pulpit. If he's God called and God anointed, he's going to preach the same message. He's going to see preach the same word of God. He's still going to have the same power effect in it. Hey, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost of night, we got to get back to some old landmark and old-fashioned moves of God. I know it's Wednesday night. What difference does that make? The one of God has the power of wishing not as any other night to heal and bless and deliver and change our lives. What if God is not limited? What if God, you can, you can put the man of God in the jail, but you can't stop the man of God. You can throw him in dungeons, but you can't stop him. The power and the authority to be used of God. Amen. To liberate and deliver and instruct and guide. Man, just nothing like it on the face of the earth. So, we look at the word charge, it means properly to, to actually call to a witness, then to affirm 
with a solemn attestation of it. Goes on, implies that the subject is of some great importance. Timothy, yeah. the reason I'm giving you this charge, it's of some great importance to it. It's a responsibility. Amen. Because we know that Bethel, house of God, is the, it's the gateway to heaven. You know, the man of God that stands in that pulpit, he's the one and what he, what he instructs and what he allows. I'm telling you why America's in such of a mess spiritually is because of the pulpit, not the White House. Well, you can say what you want to. This nation voted in a man that wouldn't even stay with his home church when he ran for president. And every, every human being that called themselves a Christian at that point in time should not have voted for that man. I don't care if it's Republican or, or Democrat. Even if Mr. Trump, amen. But whenever you start adjusting your beliefs and churches, amen, because you're running for an office, then you don't believe what you was taught. Amen. You don't believe it. If a man don't believe that, then he'll sell you out in the office. He'll sell you out in every other place. Because when a man of God can't believe what he's been taught at the house of God, okay, he won't stand for nothing else. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. I'll tell you, we've got to get back to some old-fashioned things. It doesn't matter who likes it or not. It doesn't matter whose baby's doing or not. You don't make any difference. It's sin, honey, in the word of God. It's still sin. And I tell you, if it's ever been a time we need to love and respect the house of God, it's now. But you know what? You know why we don't have the respect the house of God we used to have? Because the same goes right back to this preaching. Goes right back to this. Can I say this? I've heard some of them tell us that back in the days, they were certain men. If they was coming to the house of God, it caused a certain amount of people start checking themselves. They start upping their prayer life a little bit. They may even plan vacation when he wouldn't tell me. No, you vacations, you know what I'm saying. There's some that would not come because they knew. They knew that he was going to walk in the Holy Ghost. And they knew. And in some sense, that's good to have that kind of uh, faith or confidence that, 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 that he would walk in that measure. Amen. And accomplish and achieve some things. And, and so I just feel in the Holy Ghost tonight. And as I looked at this and read this and studied this out best of my ability, amen, to, to help us here tonight, amen, because you know what, amen, because as we look into it, and it talks about the very elect angels, and it talks about, amen, the, the presence of such holy witnesses, when you talk about the elect angels, and you talk about, call Jesus Christ, and then God himself, this is such a man of a, 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 a a holy witness, a man that's observing and watching everything that's going on. Sometimes we may think like God doesn't see what's going on, but I promise you he does. And not just God, but the angels. If they could tell the difference, a man with a lady with long hair or not. You ought to listen to Bishop Odom talk about that car in the city. 
He said the long hair in that Corinth city on the men represented they was available and they was prostitutes. And the cut hair on the women was right the opposite. And it didn't matter who they laid with. In fact, they had a temple built up on the side of that, that city where a thousand of them stayed in the daytime. And every night they would make their way down into the city to converse and deal with the Romans and the rich Romans and the rich businessmen and, and people of that nature. Anyway, I don't get all that. But you know what? Right in the midst of that, God still sent a man of God. I'm telling you the preaching of the word of God can do things that your, your sheriff can't do. The preaching of the word of God can do things that your government programs can't do. The preaching of the word of God can change a life around that divorce courts can't handle. The preaching of the word of God can get you out of mess when nobody else can. The preaching of the word of God can do more for you than a judge and a court. The preach word of God, if you got an ear to hear it and heart to understand it and desire it, I'm telling you, you can turn your world in one message. One encounter with the power of the preached word of God. So when you begin to talk about these witnesses, the Bible talks about, again, witnesses in Hebrews 12 and 1. Wherefore, seeing we also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Now we know we're following on the heels of the hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Amen. Many by the works of faith. And by faith, I guess I should say, some, amen, even at the end of that chapter, held on to the promises and looking for a better resurrection, was willing to pay the price. But then it picks up in the 12th verse. Wherefore, see, we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Paul talks about another cloud meeting. Amen. Another cloud gathering. Amen. In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together. Amen. With them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. You know what's going to arrange and help us to meet, meet that God to, to be a part of that meeting? It's by the preach word of God. You better fall in love with the house of God. You better fall in love with the preach word of God. It better become more than you than a song. It better come to more than you amen than a game. It better come more to you than anything else in your life. You better have a special place in your heart. A special place in your spirit. And a special place in your life. Always making room for the preach word of God. Regardless of who's going to preach it. It don't make any difference. When God's in it, it's God's word and God's anointing on it, honey. It don't matter what messenger it is that's bringing the message. It's still for the throne room of God and the great witness and the great host is watching to see how we're going to respond. See whether or not we're going to respond to it. Believe it. Or just let it shove off. <laughs> Second Timothy 2 and 14 has taught us. Then we which are alive. I'm sorry. Second Timothy 3. For of these things put them in remembrance. Charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit but to the subverting of the hearers. In other words, the undermining. He charges us in places. Amen. Throughout the scriptures, he taught Timothy. Amen. There's just some questions and some people, you just don't give them the time of day. 
It's just something about being able to walk in the Holy Ghost and the discernment of spirits. Hallelujah. That you don't even waste your energy. You don't fuss with them. You don't argue with them. You don't debate with them. All they're trying to do, amen, is undermine your mind and undermine the truth. Their enemies against the truth. Their enemies against the word of God. Their enemies against the will of God. Hallelujah. But I'm going to tell you something. There's been a generation that's under attack. This generation's under attack. They're doing everything they can, amen, to pull the power and the authority of the written word of God. But it's ever also been a time for the church to rise up in an hour and a generation. Hallelujah. To be a lighter to a world that's lost and undone and confused and don't know what way to go. But we do. But we do. Luke 16. And please don't jump to conclusions with this scripture for us tonight. But when we go to Luke 16. 20 through 31. I don't know if I read all of them. But you know the story of the beggar. A certain beggar named Lazarus. Now this is a parable. But this is the only parable. In fact Luke is the only writer of this parable. Also this is the only parable that's got a man proper names in it. Now you measure that. Do with it what you want to. That'll be fine. But I'm going to tell you something. Watch what unfolds here. As you talks about this certain beggar named Lazarus. That said at the gate. It was full of swords. And you know how that he desired to be fed from the crumbs. Which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass. That the beggar died. And the angels came and carried him to Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. In hell he lifted up his eyes. Being in torments. And seeing Abraham afar off. Lazarus in his bosom. He cried and said. If you don't like praying. There'll be a day when you will. Amen. Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he might dip the, amen, the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in these flames. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou art in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is com- comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this between us there is this great gulf that's fixed. So you know what? I can't come to you. You can't come to us. 27th verse is a focus verse. One of the focus verses now, this is what I want to zero in on. Amen. This is what I want to focus on for just a few minutes here tonight. Then he said, talking about, amen, the rich man. I pray thee therefore, Father, amen, talking to Abraham, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. Would you send Lazarus? Would you send him back to my father's house? Hallelujah. Because I've got five brothers. And that he, Lazarus, may testify unto them, lest they should come into this place of torment. Watch the next verse. Amen. And Abraham saith unto him they have Moses and the prophets they have Moses and the prophets let me tell you something tonight if you can't believe the spiritual leaders you got in this house amen and across this land and in our generation hallelujah I'm going to tell you what you, you're still going to be in trouble listen to what he told him right here hallelujah listen to it amen he says they got Moses and the prophets let them hear them for he said nay father Abraham but if one went unto them from the dead they shall repent but listen what he said but he said unto him, They have, the, if they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded. I'm telling you, we're living under the most unpersuaded generations, even among us apostolic and Pentecostals. The word of God has lost its power to persuade us. Holiness or hell, separation or hell, living for God and selling out. Put a bridle on a tongue, put a watchman at our door, create us a right spirit, come into the house of God early, pray it, and live a life that's holy. I'm just preaching it like it really is. 
We're not as persuaded by the word of God as we once was. You didn't have, don't have the power, amen, as it once did across America. Amen. And I'm not talking just you here. You know what I'm saying. Amen. Hallelujah. They could be old circuit riders could come through occasionally. And man, they would gather in from, from one extreme to the other. And the power of that word. We go across our communities and places like that. And they'd watch him, oh, rugged men, amen, being touched and moved upon by God. Some of them, amen, alcoholics. Some of them from one extreme to the other. But there was something about the preach word of God. Under the power of that preach word of God, they become so broken and so tore up. They didn't worry about what anybody thought about it. They crawled, amen. They crossed out at the back and crawled through that old sawdust. Booing and crying and screaming. Out of control, amen. All said and done. Oh, God have mercy on me. Oh God have mercy on me. God don't let me be lost. Save me God save me. They wouldn't worry about it if they were scaring babies or not. They wouldn't worry about it if they was offending anybody or not. There was something about the power of the preach word of God that got a hold of their hearts. That got a hold of their minds. That got a hold of their spirit. That got inside of them and broken them up. There's something about the preach word of God that breaks up the fallow ground. How long has the preach word of God has broke up the fallow ground in our hearts? long as the preached word of God has got a hold of us in such a way amen that nobody had to beg us to an altar we came amen we came anyway and I know it takes the spirit I understand that I'm just telling you the generation I'm just telling you the world we had I'm telling you the times that we're dealing with but by the help of God we're going back to some old landmarks by the help of God we're going to find some old fashioned anointing by the help of God amen a power amen how many likes conviction I don't like it either but you know what without it we're lost if you walk in the house of God on a regular basis and you never offended no, don't get me wrong. I know what the book says here. But if you never offended and upset, amen, brother, preacher, preach something. Hallelujah. You didn't realize and you didn't, you didn't quite realize what's going on in your life. Amen. You weren't convicted by the preach word of God. I'm telling you what, you need to fire the preacher. Hallelujah. And get you somebody else. Or unless, amen, that you and I become so callous. Amen. And so dull. Amen. That we ain't going to hear anybody. We're just praying. We're just going through the first motions. We're just going through the actions. We're just getting it up by, amen, to keep everybody off our back. But we we walk outside them doors and we get in that automobile and we ride up and down the road and we do what we want to do. I will tell you something. There's something about the preaching of God. It still has a power and ability and the right. Why you talk about everybody wanting rights? Anybody's got a right. The preaching of God's got a right. Amen. To be out of liberty. It's got a right to have freedom of speech. Telling you, eh? There ain't nothing to set you free like the word of God. There's nothing to liberate your whole heart, mind, and soul like the word of God. There's nothing to get your head all right like the word of God. You don't need another pill. You don't need another drink. You just got to get in the word of God. You got to get back in the place of preaching. The power of it that'll move us. So Abraham's telling him, he said, if they're not moved and persuaded by Moses and the prophets, he won't do any good to send one from the dead. Amen. They won't believe him either. In other words, miracles alone won't save you. You've got to have the preach word of God. 
you got to have it in your heart. you got to have it in your life. What got Noah and his family out of the most wicked generation and the generation that you and I are headed to? Peter himself again. Brother Ford mentioned him, 2 Peter 2 and 5. Spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, being a preacher of righteousness, not just a preacher. I know this country went through a time, amen, everybody wanted to be a preacher because there were certain, certain odds and certain upliftings and, and benefits. I've watched them. They come in that store sometimes. Amen. The first thing I want to tell you, they're a preacher. Well, show me you're a preacher. Don't tell me about it. Show me. And when the next thing's out of your mouth, you want a discount. You want this and that, the other. I already mocked you off. You can say what you want to, honey. We got too many preachers that just wanting it easy and just wanting their back pockets padded up. But they don't want to stand in the gap. They don't want to make up the heads. They don't want to stand in your face. I love you to death, but sin is sin. And I got the obligation to preach against sin and foul spirits and, and ungodly acts and ungodly forms. You get mad and do what you want to with it. But I got an obligation to God and to the Word of God to preach the Word of God. We got to do it. We got to do it. So that's the reason that the charge was so heavy and laid upon Timothy. The witnesses that are called in, amen, to be a part of this and to join in it. Why? Because it's by the preaching of righteousness that saved Noah and his family. I could carry you to Romans, and Lord knows I don't have the time tonight. I'd love to work all the way through Romans 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10. Amen. About the preacher, about preaching the gospel, and you can't be saved without the gospel. Amen. The good tidings. But how can he preach? How can you know there is a God? How can you believe in a God if you never heard of him? How are you going to believe it without a preacher? You got to have a preacher, amen. You got a preacher to preach the word of God to you. You got to have a preacher, a preacher, or break it, open up the word of God. The attitude of the spirit that's got hold of this generation. They, they can save themselves. They become so educated and through technology and other means. I don't have to go to the house of God. I don't have to do that. I beg the difference for you, honey. You got to have a house of God. You got to have a fivefold ministry. It's a family deal, baby. It's a family deal. And you got to get in the family. And there's one name in heaven and earth. And that name of that family is Jesus. The only way to become a part of this family is through the birth. Go back and read Romans all the way through there. It's sixth chapter. The baptism in Jesus' name. Fully submerging. Speaking in heavenly language. If you hadn't spoken that heavenly language, you'd be to get over your backslid condition. I ain't talking about you got to be a Chinaman all the time. Amen. I've seen a few of them. But you poke them wrong just a little bit. They quick to do some of that other too. <laughs> that, that makes me. And I'm telling you. I, 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 I'm gonna tell, can I tell you something? Our, our county's being filled up with it. I'd name about four or five churches right now. They claim the Holy Ghost. They, they claim to speak in tongues. They, play, they claim they got all kind of gifts. They're doing all kind of dead eagles. Amen. But I'm telling you what. They're building on sinking sandy, sandy grounds. They don't know the truth. And the truth hasn't set them free. And they're blind as they can bleed. And you know why? Because the blind leading the blind. Because they're following a blind leader. He don't know nothing about true repentance. He don't know nothing about baptism in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. If he knows anything, he's denied it. And you know what's going to happen? The same thing that's going to happen to them. It happened in Romans. When God revealed him 
himself unto them and God knows when he does it and when God reveals himself and they deny him or reject him then he's going to turn them over amen to fill their own lives and you got to watch them amen before this journey's over you got to watch them they got to come tumbling down it's those amen that sold themselves and gave themselves into the preaching of the word of God Paul's writings to Timothy in 2 and 7 says, I am ordained a preacher. In Paul's writings to 2 Timothy 1 and 11 says, I am appointed a preacher. Amen. In Psalms 40 and 7. Amen. And I'm just going to use the ninth verse there. I have preached the righteousness in a great congregation. Talking about none other but the Messiah and David himself. Amen. A preacher of righteousness in the great congregation. Isaiah 61 and 3 talked about, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. It's time to preach the word of God like we've never preached it. And I'm talking about more than just shouting. I'm talking about more than with emotion. But I'm talking about with the old-fashioned anointing and the convicting power of God that'll move us and stir us up. That when we come to this house of God, amen, the preach word of God will pick us up. The preach word of God will get us turned in the right direction. The preach word, the preach word of God will get us grounded and settled and anchored that we won't be tossed to and fro. It's not the will of God for Holy Ghost people to walk around with the hurt feelings hurt all the time and one thing after another. No. God wants us to. I could take you to Jonah the third chapter. A man where a man, you know the story very well, how the word of God came to Jonah the second time. The message didn't change. He just had to work on the messenger. That's right. You had to send him through a little process through the belly of a whale. That a lot of your scientists and educators don't believe can happen. Well, that's their problem. <laughs> that's right. Well, I don't know if it's a whale or not, but Jesus called it a whale. I'm going to call it a whale. I couldn't think of a better amen to father than Jesus Christ. If he called it a whale, then it's a whale. Amen. Don't make me any difference if they can prove it or not. Don't make any because the Bible said he, he prepared a fish. He prepared a great fish. And God's in the business of preparing. God will tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, by the word of God. If you've got an ear and a heart to receive it, amen, I'm telling you, God can instruct you out of the word of God. You can get some of the greatest counseling and instructions from this pulpit under the anointing of God. Watch this. This speaker, amen, this anointing, this power, this place is set up. Amen. That he, he prepares your heart, prepares your mind prepares your spirit prepares my heart prepares my mind prepares my spirit and it works together and joins together and brings about what God solely sees fit that's how it really needs to work hallelujah you don't need a bunch of and don't get me wrong somebody don't, don't take that wrong somebody knows what I'm talking about but amen but here we're talking about here when it comes to the word of God it talks about being saved it talks about being redeemed it talks about salvation it talks about coming out of the world honey I'm telling you there's ever been a time we need to get back to some old fashioned preaching of preaching the word of God like never before I could carry you to places such as amen it's, what about in John the Baptist amen whenever preaching amen in the wilderness of Judea causing them to repent amen and then he talks about in that when he prepared the way of the Lord I'm going to talk about him again in just a few minutes you can go to Luke the third chapter amen and there amen he talks about expects no, let, let me just talk about it now then hallelujah Luke the third chapter and now also the axe is laid into the root of the tree every tree therefore which bringeth not forth good fruit. He hewed it down and cast it in the fire. Listen to this. Here's what the preach word of God will do to you. When he pricks your heart, when he moves upon you, you're going to start asking, now what can I do? 
what I need to do, what, 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 what direction I need to take. Listen to what they done to John the Baptist in the 10th verse. And the people asked him, what shall we do then? He answered and said to them, he that hath two coats, let him impart to, to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. Then also the publicans, amen, amen, to be, to be baptized. And he said unto them, Master, what shall we do? And he said unto them, exit no more than what which is appointed to you. And then the soldiers came like, likewise and demanded of him. They demanded of him. Man, this is soldiers. We come and demand it. We want to know. We want to be saved. We want to make preparation. The kingdom of God's coming. Jesus Christ is coming. I want to be ready. Anybody interested in the coming of Jesus Christ? Anybody rejoicing over the coming of Jesus Christ? Anybody looking for the coming of Jesus Christ? You know why? If we're not, because there'll be a lack of preaching. Amen. And the power of the preaching of the word of God. That the Lord of God is on his way. Jesus was preaching. Amen. Like he's coming any time. Peter preached it that way. Paul preached it that way. And it's been 2,000 years. But I'm telling you, the stage is being set for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's never been a time for you and I, amen, to get out of the power and the influence of the preached word of God. Because the preaching word of God can drive things out of our heart that nothing else can. It's going to take the preaching, anointing preaching of God to help us with it. It was on the day of Pentecost when they heard this. They were pricked in their hearts. By what? By the preaching of the apostle Peter. It was in Acts, Acts 9 and 6. Paul, a man on the road to Damascus, him trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what shall I have, have me to do? Amen. You can go to Acts the 16th chapter. And there you can see where the jailer, amen. Then we'll talk about him again, amen, in just a few minutes. But the jailer there, hallelujah, asking, asking, you know what? He's brought out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Thou shalt be saved in thy house. And a lot of people want to stop right there. Like the word of God stopped. Don't go any further. But he carries on, doesn't it? And they spake unto him the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them in the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and was baptized. He and all of his straightway immediately. Amen. Then you go to 1 Timothy 4 and 16. Took heed unto my, thyself. Take heed unto thyself. Amen. Unto the doctrine. Continue thou in them. That's what it's going to take. We got to keep on preaching it. We got to keep on believing it. We got to keep holding on. It doesn't matter how many we're winning or not winning. It doesn't matter how many is believing or not believing it. Hey, Hallelujah. We're not going to change the doctrines. Amen. To get a number. We're going to get 300. They're going to come the same way everybody else has come. They're going to come, amen, through the gospel. They're going to come through the good tidings. They're going to come, amen, repenting. Hey, I'm not preaching it too hard, honey. It's not too hard. Whenever you get ready to sell out, living for God's not hard. Amen. You just got to get the Holy Ghost. You just got to get sold out to it. There's something about the preach word of God and falling in love with the preaching of the word of God. It changes your, your, your opinions. It changes your ideals. It changes your passions. It changes your desire. You start loving the things you once hated and start hating the things you once loved. That's the word of God, honey. Instead of brought it up and making it easier way, why don't we preach it like we've never preached it before? <laughs> Praise God. Man, I, I'm going to try to finish up with this, this last little bit. 2 Timothy 4 2 says to be instant in season and out of season. Amen. To be instant. Hallelujah. Basically means to be prepared. To be ready. You just never know what's going to happen. What's going to take place. So as you look at some scriptures here. You could take. Let me just give you a few examples. And these may be a little out there. But, but let me give them to you. In Acts 28 chapter we read of the barbarous people. 
that showed no little kindness to Paul and to those that was on the ship. So they make them their way to Rome and they kindled a fire and received us everyone. Because why? Because of the present rain and because of the cold. So what are we saying here? Amen. When it comes to the gospel and being instant, in season, out of season. Amen. When the time comes, the opportunity. Seasons actually is a point in time when you get down to it. We got four seasons that we talk about, right? They're just pointed times that we talk about. But in season or out of season. So that's really what it's talking about. Amen. As we just the times would come in season or out season. Let's just be prepared every day to what? To give the reason, the hope that lies within us, which happened to be Christ Jesus. Amen. This is the one that lifts me up. This is the one that strengthens me. The strength of Israel is the strength of my life. Amen. He's the one that puts the joy in me. It's not what I drive. It's not the position I've got. Amen. It doesn't really have a whole lot to do with all. Oh, that's nice. And thank God for it. Amen. But I got something bubbling on the inside of me that money can't buy it. Gold and silver can't purchase it. Hallelujah. Positions can't. Amen. But bring it into my life. But you know what brought her in. A man was an old rugged cross. A man, and then I felt an old rugged altar. And at that old altar, I found a friend. Hallelujah! The greatest friend I ever knew. A man, a man. He, he's always available. He's always, he's ready. A man to bless me and help me and strengthen me. He's always got a word for me if I'm willing to dig it out. He's always got a way of escape. It's never his will for me to come up short. It's always God's will. He's got an expected end for every Holy Ghost filled child. He's got an expected end. He's going to prepare a place even on this Wednesday night with all your trials and heartaches and disappointment. There's something about the preacher word on a midweek now. Hey man, I'm getting a mid-course adjustment here. Hallelujah. I'm going to get heaven back in my focus. I'm going to get back pleasing God and serving God with everything it is within me. I'm not going to get on some side rail. I'm not going to get lured, amen, by some lies. No, I'm going to let the preach word of God save my hide and save my family. Hallelujah. And save those around me. You can look at other times. Again, he says, preach the word. Be instant in season. out of season. Reprove. Reprove basically means to convict. I know I mentioned that conviction already. Man, but basically that's what it's meaning. Amen. Reproving. Exhort with all long suffering. Reproves cunning severely those who will not abandon their sins. We see it happen sometimes. Here's what's going to happen. If I don't cut sin out of my life. You will see the day God God cut me out. One of the others is going to happen. So that's what Paul's talking about here. As Timothy goes through and sets up churches and sets up a man. Acts the 16th chapter, I've mentioned it. The jailer, Paul had a vision. Man come and say, Come help us. Now Watch this, opportunity, seasons. You never know. Watch this. But in that chapter, he makes his way, a man, to Damascus, makes his way there, Macedonia. And there, he first encounters, he has, because it's not a synagogue, it's not a temple. So they go out by the river. And the Bible says, he meets a lady, Lydia, now praying. Paul could have well, this ain't the vision I saw. This ain't, this ain't, this is her. This ain't even him. That's the reason we have to be alert. Watch it. You never know. Two God's going to bring your way. Be a witness to him and testify to him. And take a moment to do a little planning, to do a little watering, and let God give the increase. Now, Paul didn't stop. He knew what his vision had showed him. 
And it goes back to that scripture I talked about earlier. But thank God he didn't just step around, Lydia, and go back to the house. But he was willing, amen, to take out time to spend and speak to her. Because the Bible said he spake unto the woman which resorted there. Amen. You can look and see. I'm going to finish up with the last two verses of 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. It's coming. Listen to these two verses. This is what you and I have got to guard ourselves against. This is what you and I have got to make up in our minds and hearts and spirit. Amen. I don't want to hear some newfangled thing. I'm not looking for some easier, if we want to put it that way. With less sacrifice or separation or something of that nature, whatever it might be. Because it has really broadened itself up. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And technology has given you a way that you can get teachers from all shapes and forms and fashions across this world. To instruct you and guide you and lead you. We could be in the, one of the most vulnerable generations that this world has ever known. Because of a click of a button. And what we can be exposed to. And be entertained by. They shall turn away their ears from the truth. They had heard it. They would experienced it. They had been involved in it. But somewhere along their journey they got tired of it. And they began to have itching ears for teachers. That they can go into their presence and they won't feel conviction from it. You know why we're changing as Pentecostals and one God Pentecostals? It's called lust. Well, if I don't like what's preached here, I'll just drive 30 miles down the road. They're a little more lenient than they'll let us go, and we won't hear nothing about it from the pulpit. I'm just telling you like it is. I remember a time I was in a group. You, you heard them preach against Hollywood on a regular basis. And you can't hardly. Well, most of them's got them. They're not preaching against them. They got them. I don't want change there. I'll use a little something that Brother Justin told me. I'd use this before in a different way. About a can of beer. This preacher, did he do it in inner service? Inner service. He bought him a can of beer. Went outside and poured it out. Filled it up with water and brought it in. Put it on. The, went to preaching. A few minutes, man, he... He said, man, those folks, his eyes got about that big around. They couldn't believe what he's doing. What's wrong with y'all? What's your problem? Y'all said it don't matter what the, what the outside looks like. 
You can't judge. You can't judge what I'm by the outside. I'm just drinking water. We're living in a world today that don't want nobody to judge the outside or their actions or their deeds or the places they go or who they encounter. I'm telling you, there is some demonical forces has moved in on America. It's getting us so mixed up. Who'd ever dreamed that we'd be wrestling with some of the things we're wrestling over males and females? Who'd ever dream that you'd reach a point in place that you can't even kid with your little boys or little girls to be a boy and girl? You can't flirt with that no more. I know my times. I've hoped something's been said here tonight. You pray for your pastor. I want to preach like I've never preached, not with a mean spirit. When there's these little darlings, when they look at mama and they go, you don't love me. If you was voting, what was the chances are what happened? They just wanting to do something they didn't have no business doing. And you didn't let them. And the first thing out, you don't love me. In fact, Paul wrote it to the point in place about the more he loved them and preached to them, the less they loved him. But true love's going to draw some lines. True love's is going to put set up some doctrines and hold to them. Man don't have a right to set the doctrines. The book has it. And if we'll stay with the doctrines of the book, we're going to be all right. I don't want to add and I don't want to take from it. I don't want to be as, as the Pharisees. They add a lot on it. But watch this. But the Bible says they didn't lift one finger to help them. Wouldn't help them at all. That ain't what this is about. We're in this as a family. We're in this to win this thing. We're in this together. And if we'll just do that, God's going to see us through. Man, God's going to see us through. And could it be a man, that mother that stays with it and committed to it, before this end time's over with, they're going to see a revivals like they've always read about. As much as there's going to be a falling away, there's going to be some that's going to gather in. But they got to have somewhere together. They got to have somewhere they can come. That they might know this God and the truth of it and the power of it. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. We really do. Let's don't forget October the 7th. Amen. The community's uh, time loving the community. Uh, if there's any way, I know several's got other obligations. We understand that. But if any way you could be a part of that, go and spend at least some time and invite people, things of that nature. Uh, Sister Mayo and going to have a table set up. Uh, we're planning on having an ice chest with some waters there, a banner up, a picture of our church on it, things of this nature. Got some singers planned to go and be a part of it. And uh, so one thing after another, but let's do what we can. Let our community know that we love them. We're going to reach out to them, invite them, amen, to come and be in the house of God with us. Amen, to love God, serve God, and uh, don't take it lightly. I'm telling you, it can make all the difference in the world. We'll just humble and yield ourselves and let the Lord help us. Man, God will help us. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. Brother Brandon Ferguson will be preaching for us Sunday night. Amen. Brother Keith, I'm going to put you on the spot. 
Well, you testified to us Sunday night what you testified to me up in that hardware store about the lamb. I want y'all to hear what he's going to say about that. Uh, it's, 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 uh, I'm going to let him tell it. He'll do a lot better job. But uh, there was more to just the lamb, just how God worked for him. And it's going it's to be good. So love you tonight. Appreciate you. And God's going to do some great things for us. Sister Mallory. Okay, all the children and parents is interested in the Christmas program. All right, all the children. It's coming Wednesday night, a week from tonight. The cakes, chips need to be here at the church Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Because I know they want to spring it on a certain day. Okay. Any of you that's willing to volunteer to help out in some of this, please get with Sister Mayo because they can, they can really use some volunteers to help them out, okay? Amen. Just help serve during that time and up there, okay? All right. Love you. Appreciate you. Youth service Friday night. Youth service Friday night. Okay? 7 o'clock. God bless you.